Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of the She Ventures Now podcast. I'm your host, Gayle Nicole, and I'm also the founder of SheVenturesNow.com, where I encourage millennial women to make quantum leaps in personal change. In today's episode, I have with me the lovely Kimberly Brown, writer and founder of ManifestYourself.com. I came to know about Kimberly through a mutual connection, and I found myself interested in one of her uh, potentially new and emerging coaching packages uh, this year. And then we found out um, that we both shared the same business coach in uh, Courtney Sanders, who is the founder of ThinkingGrowChick.com. So um, I love everything about Manifest Yourself. I love everything that uh, Kimberly stands for and what she's trying to do. And I see a lot of similarities in, in, in just a kinship of women's empowerment between our brands. And so I asked her to share her story of starting a business and the lessons she's learned. And I'm so grateful that she did. Listen in and take note. Welcome, Kimberly. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. Perfect. Thanks for joining us on the She Ventures Now podcast. This is definitely in its embryonic stages. So I just appreciate you being so patient with me and bearing with me in all of this. Oh, you're very welcome. Anytime. Thank you. So why don't you do this? Why don't you introduce yourself and let everyone know more about your background and what it is you're, you're doing currently in your career and what you're also, what you've started in your consulting. I think your consulting business, right? I do some of that too. Yes. Perfect. Uh, so my name is Kimberly Brown. I'm the founder of a site called manifestyourself.com, um, where I do speaking, coaching, workshops, and trainings for women looking to build dynamic lives and careers. So it's all about finding that balance. A lot of times we focus so much on finding a career, making the money, but then the life goes down the drain. Right. <laughs> yes. I've been working in career development for about seven years. I'm still working in career development right now um, at an institution in New Jersey. Um, so it's been ingrained in what I do for so long. The lifestyle portion, that's where I started as a blogger years ago. I was very focused on that. Um, it's, I've been able to meld together my interests and my passion online with my professional career to create manifest yourself. I love it. And so it's kind of coming full circle because you're in effect manifesting yourself, right? And helping other people to do the same. So I love that. I love it so much. It really grabbed my attention at the start of the year when um, through a friend, I got invited to check out, um, what was it called again? I don't remember what it was called, but it was sort of a boot camp type yes. career coaching empowerment uh, event that you guys were going to do as an experimental thing yeah. this year. Is that doing well? How's that going? We ended up not doing it actually. That's like really? this entrepreneurship goes because we had an amazing group of people and part of it would be having accountability partners, mm -hmm. but the group of people were so diverse and everyone was excited about accountability, um, but we didn't think it would work. The matches wouldn't be as beneficial as we had hoped for them to be. Yeah. So we would switch the model and do more one-on-one -on -one coaching, which wasn't what we had anticipated. So the time, the money, all those things came into play. So we ended up reaching out to everyone individually and seeing what their needs were and seeing if they wanted to move forward doing something at the same rate, one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. Um, so we worked out that way instead. 
Well, you know what? You roll with the punches and it's just yes. like entrepreneurship where things change. You have ideas and then some of those ideas can't be, aren't feasible. It's like you have to do a feasibility test with them. So I can completely relate to that, but I, I'm still very intrigued by Manifest Yourself and the woman behind Manifest Yourself because I feel like you have so much to offer. And so it's been cool to even kind of keep up with you via Facebook and IG and see your development of your your brand and your thought leadership. So let's jump into it because I definitely want to allow the podcast space to be a, a sort of the behind the scenes, the behind the music version. <laughs> if you watch VH1, behind the music, behind the entrepreneur, you know, of, of your story. So let's jump into it. Tell us more about steps you took or what happened in your life for you to feel like, you know what, I'm going to launch my own thing. And what, like, what personal triggers led to that? For me, it was all about looking for something more that I was not getting in my nine to five job. So after college, after undergrad, I started working in a marketing firm. Terrible. Then I worked in financial services for the money. I realized that I was really great at sales, but not in the way that most people are. I love to sell, sell something that I'm passionate about. So annuities and loans and mortgages wasn't really it. So I moved into higher education and I started working in admissions and then career services. And I loved what I was doing. But yeah. the focus, when you meet with these students, it's so much like, let's get the job. Let's get the job. Let's get the job. But I have all these other interests. So I started blogging. There are so many blogs online. I started blogging under an alias. I will not tell you what it was because it's still up somewhere on the internet. <laughs> um, nobody needs to go Google that. <laughs> but it was such an amazing journey for me. I started really blogging about health and wellness, fitness, lifestyle, yeah. just what everyday people were doing. So I didn't know that there were people like me out there doing blogging. Mm-hmm. And that was like, this is circa... 2009 maybe 2010 Mm -hmm. blogging was definitely getting some momentum but I didn't see anyone who looked like me or who thought like I did so I put my own spin on it Um, but then over time I felt like I was starting to live two separate lives so I had my blogging world in health and fitness I was making money through blogging and everything was great my site was growing I rebranded into manifest yourself at that time and focused more on lifestyle but then I had this other side in career development where I've been able to climb the higher education ladder per se yeah and have leadership roles at several institutions and do great work there and I was like how can I put these two together yeah because I feel so separate like yeah like it yeah. was like it was just like a secret that I had this outside thing. So I consciously made the decision to merge them together. Yeah. Um, and once people started to learn about what I did in my full-time job, I naturally got asked, well, do you do coaching? Do you do these things? My master's is in counseling. Um, and I've been awesome. doing career development for seven years. So I've been advising students, alums, um, friends of the alums and the students for years. So it was a natural fit. And that's how it really started to build into doing more one-on-one speaking, coaching workshops and trainings. Just curious out of you telling your story, what made you decide to get a master's in counseling? So I knew that I wanted to move up in higher education. Mm -hmm. Um, Originally I wanted an MBA. However, I am a terrible standard test taker. Really? I'm one of those students who always has really good grades, but I'm, I don't do well on standardized tests. Okay, but why, but why counseling? So I, that's, that's one of the reasons. So with the MBA, you yeah. take the or the GRE. And ah. to move up, people either had a business background mm-hmm. in leadership roles 
or they had some type of counseling, mental health school counseling, mm-hmm. were able to move up in higher eds. And my school that I work at didn't have higher education administration. So counseling was the next fit without me having to take a GRE. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I've thought about that too in my own um my own foray into graduate school degree. I was like, yeah, I don't really want to take the GRE for that. And, you know, I completely can relate to that. So it's kind of cool to see the trigger. Say it again. I said, it's great, but it it honestly ended up being harder because when you do any type of like higher education administration or counseling, you have a required internship. So at one point I was working full time. I was doing, I think I did 900 internship hours at two different sites plus the full course load versus when you take an MBA, you're just doing classes. So in hindsight, I, oh, I see. studied for like six months for the humanitarian and not been like crying every day getting my master's degree because I was just so busy. But wow. I'm really because I think the counseling background works mm-hmm. really well with the coaching. I was just about to say, I think that, that that is such a great background to have in your wheelhouse exactly. for being a coach, being a lifestyle blogger, being someone who's going to consult, speak. I just, I love your brand. And I think that you, you bring so much to the table for millennial women and, and men. Cause I'm, I'm not sure if you're, you're exclusive to women in your brand. Are you or not? No, I'm not exclusive. However, manifest yourself. Most men aren't like, oh, that's for me. Um, <laughs> no, I was thinking about it. It doesn't make them feel like they're included. However, I do still work with some men. Okay. More on the speaking and training sides, I'll be pulled into organizations. Yeah. But one-on-one, most of the time, it's women who I'm working with. Okay, perfect. So I want to jump into the juicy stuff, right? So, cause here's the thing, my little, I guess, ulterior motive, even in my podcast is to allow for a space, a healthy space for, uh, young entrepreneurs, people who have taken the steps to building their own brand, um, and to offer products and services to help millennials, uh, to talk about their best failure moments, right? Because a lot of times it's not what you're going to use on social media to build your brand. You may not include that as part of your growth strategy to talk about like your failure moments, but people coming behind you who love what you're doing, whom you've blazed a trail for, sometimes that could be the very thing that triggers them to pursue whatever they're passionate about is to hear that, hey, you overcame your failure and you're better for it. So I would love for you to hear, like I would love to hear Kimberly's aha moments or failure moments. Do you have any? I definitely do. I got to think about which one would be appropriate to share. So when you say a failure moment, is it like a failure in my business or personal failure that may have impacted my business? I suppose you can, well, it's more business related. Since you started a business, what's been something that you had to overcome or something, a blunder that you made that you to realize, you know what, I can't do that again. And this is a good lesson learned. I would say I wouldn't discount any personal thing that happened that triggered, you know, for you to be excellent with your business either. So up to you. I think one of the biggest failures in business is that there's, there's so many things happening all the time. Yeah. There's so many improvements. There's so many new apps. And I feel that there are some things, um, for instance, like starting a newsletter that I was not early enough on the curve for. I see. I should have started a newsletter from the moment I started blogging. Really? What people did back then. Yeah. All that I'm offering products and services, although I have a really good following on my website of people who naturally read and I have good traffic, I don't have emails. And in the business world, emails are currency in how you That's sell. everything, yeah. And I wish that I had started sooner. So when I sometimes, sometimes I work with clients who are interested in starting a blog because I've done that a few times. And I always tell them, like, if you have 
any aspirations to do more than what your blog could currently be now, make sure you have a newsletter, you collect emails, even if you're not even using it, just yeah. have them. Yeah. Um, and I wish I also started on video faster. Really? I do. Because I do speaking training and coaching, I'm very comfortable speaking, but for some reason, video just makes me nervous and partially really? because I don't know how to edit. Really? So, yeah. I do not know how to edit such, I would never... <laughs> No. And nowadays I feel like it's so daunting. Like I wish I took the time to either take a class or do some continuing education just to learn. I can relate to that too though. I can relate to feeling something is daunting and feeling like it's too there's too much. It's too cumbersome for me to do on my own. You know what I mean? I can understand that. I wish I would have had those skills or I hopped on Periscope. I was one of the early adopters of Periscope because a lot of people did really well on that. I'm more of an early adopter on YouTube because video is so great. I think my business would be further along um, if I had more of a video platform because if you're doing speaking and training, people need to see you speaking and training. But my video editing skills are subpar. So, yeah. But you know what's funny though, Kim? I think, and I'm sorry, did, is it okay for me to call you, no, Kim? No, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. It, you know, I think that that most of the time people aren't looking for you to have great editing skills for them to see and, and, and to attribute to you excellence with speaking and training. So it's like some of this stuff, you know, Facebook lives and I'm, I'm literally preaching to my own self. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it really just does not need to be, it doesn't need to have so much fanfare connected to it. Like your editing skills don't even need to be there for people to feel like you're an approved accredited legit speaker that they want to have you you know what i mean just if that's any consolation but no, I think so i think with facebook live i think that's now it's facebook live instagram live periscope it allows people to go online and not be as perfectly polished right the youtube i feel like it, it, it yeah i see what you're saying curve has been so high like it got so good so fast that you can't just have a YouTube video now and be out there like, hey, I'm so-and-so, I do this. Like, no, the lighting, the editing, the transitions, all of that has to be great. I've worked with interns before, so I, ha I do have a YouTube station, and I had an intern work with me last summer to just get some things up there. So I think I have about 12 videos up mm -hmm. um, that have been edited and streamlined and put together looking nice because um, the quality of YouTube, of YouTube who starts today has a lot more challenges than they did if they started like I'm thinking the natural hair days. So if you know mahogany curls, like yeah, if you look at her videos, like what was that? Oh seven. Completely so. different. Than yeah. Is today, who looks That's like production studio? And I would like to say to that point, you're right. If you're wanting to, to, if you're wanting to reflect a certain brand image and excellence, I think I think what you're saying does make sense. Like with YouTube, you wanna be consistent with your image quality and what you're trying to produce. That makes sense. I like that. So here's what I would also like to hear from you. Like, what are some of the small, even easily overlookable aha moments that you've kind of, you know, overcome or you feel like you maybe have journaled about along your business startup journey, right? Like what part of your business are you at? What phase are you in right now? I feel like I'm really in a rapid growth phase, which is yeah. super exciting, but oh my gosh, so scary. Really? But how long, how long have you been up? Like, what would be your business age? <laughs> so my business age, so if we think about the beginning, 
um, of when I got serious about it, I would probably say like 2010. Mm -hmm. I've been super serious about having a presence online and building a portfolio. Um, but manifest yourself. I relaunched. So the, I had the previous site that was relaunched and rebranded in January, 2013, June, 2013. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I hired my dream team to redo and revamp my entire website so I could incorporate everything. Right. And that relaunched in September 2016. So since that time where I was like, I was at the point where I was making money and things are happening, um, paying taxes. I'm like, am I going to continue to invest all this time and energy for it to stay this way? And I was like, that doesn't make sense. Yep. Like, I don't need to just, I don't want to be mediocre, I guess. Like, I'm not going to sit no. here and just like say like, it's okay. Like making a little money, like not really working at it. So I made a conscious effort. Like, you know what? I'm going to really invest in my dream team, have the website, have the platform that I'm looking for. And since that time, I'd say I'm, I'm like in the middle. I always say that when I explain my experience, like we have the same coach, Courtney. So when I talk to Courtney, I always say that if there's like an iceberg, I'm like almost at the tip. Like the tip where things start, they always talk about where it naturally starts to happen. Yeah. I'm right there because I naturally get things, but not at the point where I can say, I'm like, oh, it's like good yet. Okay. Yeah. At least yeah. from my own definition. Okay. Yeah. I can, from what it sounds like, it's like you are about, like you just said, you're about to hit rapid growth mode and things are just going to start going yeah. easily. So I, I, I can feel that from you. And by the looks of some of your marketing, I feel like you're there too. Like it sounds like, yeah. <laughs> and then I know it's taken a lot of hard work, a lot of hard work. What would be one thing that you think makes or breaks a novice entrepreneur? Consistency. Really? Consistency. I feel that being an entrepreneur is hard. Yeah. I listen, I read a lot and I've been to a lot of panels, so I don't have the exact quote. Whoever's listening, you can <laughs> message me and tell me where it's from. But I was at some workshop and they were talking about how, like, if you basically don't feel like you're dying some days as an entrepreneur, like, you're, you're not, not doing really, it right. You're not. Like, you really not doing it. You should be crying. Like, once a week, you should feel like you want to shut your business down. All like, <laughs> yes, exactly. If you don't feel like that, you're not doing it right because it's hard. So yeah. I think being consistent yeah. is so, that's the hardest part. If you can be consistent, consistently working, consistently improving yep. at all times, um, that's, that's the biggest feat. Yep. I love it. So we're going to do our rapid fire questions and I definitely okay. want to be respectful of your time. Um, I'm going to, go straight through these rapid fire questions. The whole point of it is just to give like a one sentence answer. If it's juicy enough, your answer is juicy enough, then we can unpack that a little bit more. And then okay. we'll the grand finale. So rapid fire question number one. Um, and I hope these were the updated questions that I sent you, but I feel like you're a whiz at this. We'll make it work. We'll make it work. <laughs> number one is if business operations and branding were in a showdown boxing match, who do you think would win? Business operations and branding. Branding. Why? Just because I know like you're big on branding and I feel like you're big on operations. Because I feel like you, if you have a strong brand that people resonate with, you can do a lot, even if you're behind the scenes is a mess. So the behind the scenes could drive you crazy. And ultimately you have to fix that. But if your branding is attracting the customers, yeah. you can soar and it, nobody knows what's happening back there. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that optimism. 
And with that practicality, like you need the customers. So, <laughs> you know, you could do well. you'll be stressed, yeah. but you could do well. <laughs> yeah. Number two, you've been given the task, Kimberly, of writing the manual on entrepreneurship. Okay. Page number one says. On entrepreneurship. This is don't stop. Mm, I Just like it. Don't stop. Because Spoken like a true warrior. <laughs> yeah, because the moment when you stop, like you could be one step away. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And you never know when that the next step is going to be the big one. So just don't stop. Mm-hmm. Number three, the cost of starting up a business or your business has been, and this doesn't have to be monetary, but all of it, the emotional, the mental, what's been the cost of starting a business? A dollar amount? Or it doesn't all- have to be, but just all together, what stands out to you the most? I think sacrificing time for other things. Yeah. I don't necessarily go out as much as I'd like. Mm-hmm. I have to consciously make an effort to do other things outside of my business. I tell my coworker every day, I'm like, I don't remember what it's like to be a regular person. Like, what do you Same do? Here. Same here. Get home from work. Like, what do I do for fun? Happens. Like, <laughs> just scroll through Pinterest and just yeah. chill. Like, yeah. If I'm chilling, like watching yeah. Supergirl with my man on the couch, my mind is still like. I have 86 emails. It's probably a hundred right now. I should be doing that. So mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like to not have that guilt. Mm-hmm. And self-care has to be like an appointment. Like you have to, yeah. <laughs> for you me, need that's to force it. you need to force to make sure you have time to do other things. Mm-hmm. So number four, great customer service, according to Kimberly Brown is, is listening and providing solutions. Love it. Number five, your personal philosophy on sales would be? Be authentic, not pushy. Mm. And selling something, it's easy when you believe in it. Yeah. If you really don't believe in it, then you shouldn't be selling it. Right. I like it. Number six, who's your business mentor? Virtual or IRL? Oh, gosh. Business mentor? I have a lot. Give me so- your top two. My business coach is Courtney Sanders. So, you know her, of course, mm-hmm. like she's amazing. Um, and I'm in a mastermind with about eight women. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put them all together. We call it like our mastermind pod. We meet quarterly and we all do different things, but they are amazing. I love it. So. I love it. Yes. Number seven, your greatest success moment so far and to date has been. My greatest success moment is awesome. I'm going to give two. So mm-hmm. the first time I knew I was really doing things with my accountant told me I had to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. Is because that really solidified that, oh, you have a business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't for play play anymore because now I owe money. <laughs> so I was nervous, but I was also really proud of myself. Yeah. I built something by myself. Mm-hmm. And then um, more recently, I just got asked to speak at a large conference in New Jersey. Yeah. So it's probably the log- largest audience I'll be in front of doing something that's solely my brand on my own. Um, and that's in October. So that was recent, but I'm super excited about it. I'm happy for you. Last question off the cuff. How are you celebrating your milestones? I'm not 
good at celebrating. I see this. I notice a trend. Oh my gosh. I'm not, but so Kimberly, how come you're not celebrating what you put so much hard work into? Come oh on. So I feel like I celebrate my joy comes from successfully executing something. Yeah. But I don't treat myself to something after. I think I just bask in it. So something I started doing recently is I get monthly facials and massages. Mm-hmm. Every single month I go and that's my two, two and a half hours where I get that done. Um, but I'm working on it. Like I'm really, I'm working on it, but I don't have something that I, I generally do to celebrate. I'm just super excited. Tell my man, tell my family. And that's normally about it. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Well, I'm going to be respectful of your time. I just want to say thank you so much for making the time, for keeping up with me, bearing with me. I've say, I'm saying this to a lot of my guests because it's it's really hard with being in grad school and starting a podcast and trying to run businesses. It's, it's been hard, but I totally enjoyed this interview and I feel like a lot of people will glean wisdom from what you've said. Would you like to share anything that is posted on your blog or any pro- programs or products that you're about to you know, provide? right now? Oh, so that'll be great. I have a few things coming up. So if you are in the New York City area, I'm hosting an event on July 15th called the Empowerment Social, a party with an agenda where you can get personal and professional development and turn up. I'm also launching a 20 card affirmation card set and a new class called Stop Dreaming and Start Planning that should be coming out very soon. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Kimberly. And we appreciate your time here. Very well. That's all for now, friends. If you'd like to get updates on new episodes, articles, products, and coaching services to help you make quantum leaps and personal change, sign up for our newsletter at sheventuresnow.com slash updates.